hello! My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 178 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Uh, we've mentioned it a couple times now, but it's finally arrived. I am joined today by Larissa Garski and Justine Mastin from Starship Therapies. How are you guys doing? Hi, so good. I, so we're, we're done with uh, direct client care for a little while. So we're we're both feeling all well. I'm feeling fresh and ready to go. L- Larissa maybe needs a nap. I mean, like. <laughs> I, I don't. I wouldn't say I feel fresh, but I would say that I feel very excited to be here with two humans who are friends and colleagues, and who don't need anything therapeutic from me. <laughs> <laughs> is it that that is a that is a very helpful feeling? Like when you don't need when people don't need things from you, it's an amazingly nice feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it's been a while since we've had you on the show. What have you guys been up to? I know we're going to talk about the book later. That's the big thing. But what have you guys been up to since we've we've spoken last? Um, I mean, the book is a big thing, and we'll and we'll get to it. But like that is a lot of what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I could say it it's been really helpful actually with all of the lockdowning mm-hmm. and pandemicking to have something to focus on to feel like you have a, a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, I, um, I've been working out with a trainer doing <laughs> what we call zombie apocalypse training. Nice. And uh, that's, what's been getting me through. Um, he has me doing all kinds of weightlifting and I, f- I feel like a, a Buffy, the vampire slayer. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, now, do you, do you? I'm assuming this is all virtual. Um, it's not. It's oh, not. okay. Yeah, I I know for some folks that that would not be possible, and I am not trying to tell anybody else how to how to do them. But um, I I do work out in person uh, with my trainer. Uh, if it makes anyone out there feel better. Um, he had the virus in March. <laughs> so <laughs> he's got some immunity. Well, and you're both like masked and you drive all the way to his home gym. So it's right, right, like yeah. you're, you're like running around a track with like 20 people maskless and high-fiving each other. Yes. Thank you for, thank you for <laughs> saying that. I'm sure there are some people at home just absolutely cringing. I am- but you know what? That's, that's okay. Because mm-hmm. it, I mean, we, we just went a couple weeks ago out of town with, with before they locked California back down again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stayed in a place that had like separate cottages, but the people we were going with have been locked down as long as we have and mm-hmm. have been really good. And one of them gets tested multiple times a week. And so it's like, if you understand how viruses work, you can't be safe. Like it's not, right. it's not impossible to do right. things here and there and not be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just for my own mental health, it, it's been really important to me to, to move my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my husband and I just got a treadmill in our home. So I will be able to uh, walk the long dark of Moria along with the fellowship of the ring from my own home. <laughs> from the comfort and privacy of your own home. <laughs> Have you yet like carried it down the stairs? Oh yeah. 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 Yep. Right. We together, he and I 
carried the treadmill downstairs. Um, apparently it was 300 pounds and I'm really glad that I have been weight training for the past six ish months because, uh, really what I was doing, I was training to carry a treadmill down to my basement. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was for zombies, but no, (laughs) it was for home repair. I thought of you the other day, Justine, because, um, I had to carry a package of cat litter (laughs) Um, not upstairs, but I had to like lift it from the mailroom and like bring it to the elevator and take the elevator 13 floors up because I live on the 13th floor and then like from the elevator to our apartment. Um, And for those of you who don't know, cat litter can actually be pretty heavy, but it certainly wasn't like, you know, the the weight of a Nordic track. And as I was attempting (laughs) to like balance this cardboard box of cat litter, I was like, oh my God, I need to start lifting other things because this can't be this hard for me. But it, it was, in fact, that hard for me. Yeah. But uh, what have you been up to, Larissa? Get any great Hanukkah presents? I did. I got a fabulous Hanukkah present from my best friend, Justine, which is, which is four or five, somewhere around there, sessions with her personal trainer. So your personal trainer. And mm-hmm. he wrote me, I sent him a very detailed email a couple days ago about all of my fitness goals and what I've been doing, which is like walking and yoga, which is actually just like stretching. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote me back. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm very excited to read it and begin my own lifting journey. I'm going to need to order some actual weights though, because I don't think I can just like start out with lifting the cat litter. Um, <laughs> you can and put as- smaller bags. You could have different size I bags could, of cat I litter. Could, I could like weigh them out. So it'd be like the right weight, of course. But as I told him in my first email, I was like, all I have here is a yoga mat from 2005, but I'm really <laughs> open to getting um, all of the different materials that I need. And I, I'm hun- my hunch is like, he read that and he was like, oh God, like what? What have I signed myself up to, for? But well, and that will be virtual since my trainer is here in Minneapolis and yes. Larissa is in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Right, now, because this is you both mentioned apocalypse zombie apocalypse training, mm-hmm. um, and and Justine, you were talking about running. Are you have you tried that? I don't remember what it's called, but there's that app where you can like run with the story, and they tell you when you're getting attacked by zombies. Zombies run. Oh. Zombies yeah. run. Yes. Yeah. It's been years since I used zombies run, but it helped me a lot. I do. Sure. So when I said I was going to walk the long dark of Moria, I mean, I'm going to walk the long dark. Of Moria. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I am an older lady. I got bursitis in my knees. Uh, <laughs> but um, I like zombies run for when I was actually running because mm-hmm. they've got some pretty cool, like training little montages where they're like, okay, so run out to, your run, your runner five, I think that's who you are in that in that uh, that app. fitness game. Yeah, mm-hmm. like okay, runner five, run out to the edge of town and grab this backpack. They're like, and now do some relevés. They call it something else. In- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Just and lift your arms and hit the zombies. Um, it's occurring to me as we're doing this, like we're very much like demonstrating therapeutic fan fiction in action here. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to like pause and call attention to that, that we are, we are embodying that, which we wrote about and are going to be talking about at some point today. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, I'm very curious to kind of hear how that works. I'm, I, it, it sounds like just a very interesting 
way of of looking at therapy. And I think it's it sounds awesome. Any any other things, I, Larissa? I see that there was some Dragon Age. Um, oh yeah, angst. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, for those who follow me on Twitter at Spox All Ears, you will find when you follow me on Twitter that all I really do is talk about radical left politics and <laughs> express my disdain for Joe Biden's cabinet and talk about my experience replaying the entire Dragon Age uh, trilogy. And I'm currently at uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, which is the final one because I just don't know if we're ever going to get the fourth one. I know that a new teaser trailer was just released. If you want to talk to me about it, find me on Twitter. We can have some nice, friendly, and good fun chats. Um, But presently, all we have is Dragon Age Inquisition, the third one, which is the one that I'm at. And for the first time ever, instead of siding with the mages, I was like, let's try out what it's like with the Templars. And if you're not familiar, the Templars are kind of like the knight errants and they are sort of pitted against uh, the wizards or the mages. And I, I didn't enjoy my time with the Templars. No stars. <laughs> Zero out of 10, no stars. Like no judgment. If you love the Templars, I'm, I'm, I totally respect your, your choices. I'm not here to yuck your yum. They just were not for me. So I have told them, no, thank you. And I am reloading my old save and starting anew. Nice. <laughs> Nice. I love that. I'm not going to yuck your yum. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I got it from Justine, so I want to make sure I cite her uh, appropriately. Well, it, it, is a, it is a popular idiom in the fan fiction world. Ah, uh, there mm-hmm. we go. Very cool. Very, very cool. Anything else? Well, I, so are, are we talking about geeky stuff we've been doing too? Yeah, just the fun geeky stuff that you've been up to. Yeah, so uh, almost all of my clients in the past couple of weeks have asked me if I watch the show on Netflix, Big Mouth. Okay. <laughs> and um, the answer had been no. But so many of my clients asked me about it. I finally said, okay, and just like binge the first six eps the other night after work. Um, and it is... Wow. Are you familiar with with this program, Joe? Not at all. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Probably good. That means your students aren't watching it. And that makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, (laughs) Because it's, it is so raunchy. Like, like raunchy. Um, The the premise is, it's a cartoon. Uh And it's about middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it is the first season anyway. And I hear that it does shift. So I'm like hanging in there. Um, and it's all about like discovering hormones and our bodies and our body's needs. And there, why that's, that's oh such a beautiful and, and diplomatic reframe that you just did there. That's all about exploring <laughs> our bodies and hormones and our body's new and changing needs. <laughs> that really well done. You're channeling your inner therapist parts. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, because I do want to yuck this yum just a little bit. <laughs> uh, Cause it, Oh man, there's just, there's some rough stuff in there, but the reason my clients are so into it, I mean, some of them just like raunchy stuff. That's whatever. But also because um, in the cartoon, parts of ourselves are externalized. 
So like there are hormone monsters and they are literal monsters that like pop out of your closet and they're like, hey, it's time for sexy times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Wow. Is that a direct quote? Or no. No, much more than that. Because <laughs> the hormone monsters are just all like sure. you know, like pers sexonified. Uh, what an excellent portmanteau there. It was it wasn't my best, but I I'm working on with what I got this Friday evening. Um <laughs> but like th- that externalization of parts of ourselves is something I do a lot in therapy and um it's very cool to me that my clients not only realize that's what we're doing, but can identify it in a show they're watching and they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's what I do with therapy. I'm going to tell my therapist about it." Um but apparently as time goes on, we get all sorts of other externalized stuff. Like there's a, a cat of depression that just sits on you. Oh, and wow. this season there's a um, anxiety mosquito. And my, my personal favorite that I can't wait till I get to, and you're going to love this, Larissa, you might cry. Okay. The gratitude. What? It is a toad of gratitude. It is the gratitude and it eats the anxiety mosquito. Oh my God. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is not a metaphor I would have chosen. (laughs) Analogy. I'm just like so overwhelmed by this image that I don't, I can't, it's, it's making speech hard. Um, (laughs) Okay. This show, here it is. (laughs) Here it is. So that's what I've been doing. And, um, I am I'm very curious to see how this all goes. And <laughs> I was happy to know that at least one of my clients did warn me. Because mm. really, none of the rest of them did. They were like, it's just such a perfect example of internal family systems. You're going to love it. And this one client was like, just so you know, it's pretty cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I definitely have made out between the two of us. I think the Templars were a better deal than what you're describing. <laughs> <laughs> when you started off saying it was about junior high kids, mm-hmm. um, I mean, my mom and my brother for years have taught junior high, and I wouldn't wish that upon any living human <laughs> in the world. So to just turn that into a TV show and then externalize all their angst, um, yeah, I think that's a hard pass for me because there's, there's – <laughs> Some that have not, I always told, I used to teach exclusively sophomores and um, I would tell them that, you know, don't be too hard on the freshmen because you were there last year and they're just not people yet. They'll, they'll get there. And they would always say, oh, are we people? And I was like, hold on, slow your roll. Some of you have not evolved to your final Pokemon form yet. <laughs> just, you know, do, you're doing the best you can. I get it. But, you know, no, there's some of that, that angst and weirdness is, is still very much present. <laughs> Yeah, it's hearing you say that makes me think of like, I've never watched all of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. And, and people have many times said, but it's so good. You love it. And I'm like, no, I would not love it because it makes me feel like I'm at work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because in addition to being a marriage and family therapist, I'm also a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. Mm -hmm. And I just see what's happening. I'm like, where are the helpers? Mr. Rogers, where are the helpers? <laughs> yeah, it's not a show that was about uh, welcoming helpers in. No. 
we had a whole conversation. My my husband couldn't get through um, Breaking Bad. It was just too many bad decisions. Too many bad life decisions were happening on screen, and he just was not okay with it. But yet, for some strange reason, he loves Ozark, which I find just a struggle to get through because I just like nothing good happens. Nothing good ever happens. It's just one bad event after the other. <laughs> Yeah, I had a couple clients who really wanted me to watch Ozark, and so far it's been a it's been a hard pass now from me, fam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I I I appreciate the storytelling. It is very engaging storytelling. It is just there. There is a lot of. Um, I I am anxious throughout the entire experience, <laughs> so it is not a relaxing show for me. Right, like Mr. Robot. Yes, Mr. Robot Two or like the Leftovers. Mm-mm. Never watched mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a little bit of the leftovers and that was another hard pass. Yeah, because that's like that's depression. Yeah. 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 No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I love this thing that you're just like, no, there's like a very concrete answer here. Just say no. No to Ozark, no to the leftovers, <laughs> no to Mr. Robot. No, that one. I, I I mean I really enjoyed Mr. Robot. There was lots of anxiety though, definitely. It was it was an anxious program to to make your way through, but yeah. I would recommend that one. All I want bring me your Christmas princes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and and your cartoons. Bring me your stories with low stakes. That's what I Yes. Need. Yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah, especially this year. That's real. Definitely. Well, cool. Well, awesome. That's the it's it's good that you guys can still get geeky stuff in because mm-hmm. I think we're all we have all been busy and especially in your field, I can imagine it has been quite the roller coaster. Yeah, it, it's it been a long been. year. <laughs> yeah, I think I I don't remember when this was, um, but Justine had to do sort of like a mini intervention. She's actually had to do a couple for me over the years, not because of any kind of like drug and alcohol addiction, but because right, right, right. I tend to be um, more self-sacrificing and mm-hmm. I don't always have a good sense of my limits. And so there was a period where I was seeing, I was averaging like around like 30 sessions a week and oh, wow. we were still writing the book. And we, I remember we were on a call and Justine just looked at me and she was like, listen, you need to sit down and look at your schedule and sit with yourself and decide how you're going to start telling people no, because you just can't keep doing this. And I'm not going to watch you continuing down this road. <laughs> it's hard. I'm the same way. And I, I know when people like call me out on it, it's like, but the people that like, for me, it's, but the kids and they're like, yeah, you know what? They'll be there tomorrow. It's fine. Close the computer. That's one of the worst things about what we're like. The there's there's such a breakdown of yeah. the workday and the home life. Like those boundaries are just not there anymore. Mm-hmm. That's so real. Yeah. Well, and my you know I I probably said this in that conversation is we are modeling for our clients how to say no. We are modeling good boundaries. We are modeling positive self care. We don't want our clients to see us doing nothing but work because it continues to reiterate the social norm that all we are as human beings is work and that is how we get our worth. 
Very, very good point. Very, very good point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we are going to all take a break <laughs> real quick for a quick commercial break. And then, because I, I really want to get into this book. Uh, I, I, you were in just in the beginning stages of it, I think, last time you were on. And yep. so to, I, I'm, I'm very excited to hear where the journey has led. So we will be right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Beep, 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 beep. Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we're back. All right. So Starship Therapies, mm -hmm. uh, no longer just a podcast. It is now a book. So why don't you take us on the journey? How did you guys get, get here? Well, how did we get here? Wow. Uh <laughs> Are we going to like David Copperfield it? Each talk about how we were born and we grew up. I was <laughs> born. I grew up. <laughs> took a left in Albuquerque. Um, so actually, Larissa and I, for a long time, have been talking about writing a book. And mm -hmm. in fact, part of our motivation for doing the podcast was kind of fleshing out what we would want to talk about in a book. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the full title of the book for friends at home is Starship Therapies, colon, Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life. And once we kind of zoomed in on on the idea of looking at therapeutic fan fiction or what what we call therapeutic fan fiction right we kind of kind of made a thing up um and realized that's that's really the crux of our work that's what we wanted to talk to folks about um and what that is <laughs> um is we can all look around our life right now and think huh if there are writers of the show of my life, they're kind of having an off season. Right? <laughs> and yes. there's only so much we have control over, but mm -hmm. there are some things that we do have control over. And the, this book is about asking questions of the story of your life and how much of it you have control over, how much you don't. And if you do have control, what do you want to keep change? What do you want to hand back? Um, cause some of our story is carried over from our family of origin and it might not be our story anymore. Mm -hmm. Larissa, anything to add? Well, I mean, and I think like the secret, the secret of the secret sauce is not so secret because we wrote a book about it. Um, <laughs> <it's that laughs> we, part of how we help folks do this rewriting or this mm -hmm. editing or both depending on kind of how they're feeling and where they're at is by using um, the power of modern mythology 
So using the power of all different kinds of stories that resonate for, you know, in our therapy, the client or clients that are sitting in front of us and this it's for our readers and trying to help them really learn how to use the stories, characters, themes, motifs that resonate for them, how to use some of that power to transform and change the things that they feel like are just not working for them mm-hmm. in their lives. Yeah. So, really cool. uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was just going to ask. So um, is it, is it focused on different mythologies that you can use or is it basically techniques, how you can go find these modern ideas that you want to rewrite your life into? Uh, so it, it's set up so that each chapter has sort of a theme, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and our goal is not to tell people what fandoms resonate for them because we don't know, um, mm-hmm. but to help them start to ask the question, you know, mm-hmm. like what sort of archetype do I need here? Do I need like a sage type archetype? You know, do, do I need a, an old wise creature? <laughs> to help me with this thing, you know, am I looking for a Gandalf for my story? Um, or one of my favorite currently, uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite archetypes to use is the child. And I literally use the child Grogu mm-hmm. from, uh, the Mandalorian, because when we think about our inner child, sometimes we can not take that part of ourselves very seriously or like that part isn't important or it's childish instead of childlike. And if you listener at home can imagine for a moment that you have inside of your heart, a little baby Yoda and little baby Yoda has needs and wants. It's a lot harder to just say, well, forget you, you know, be quiet. I don't, you know, you don't get to play, no play for you. If you can imagine that you are looking into the precious eyes right, of this tiny alien creature who's saying, I want to play, you, you can start to have more compassion for parts of you that are more childlike and, and more respect for them too. Like maybe that part is important. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so neat to be able to, I don't know. I I think so often we're so stuck in our ways of thinking that Mm -hmm. kind of forcing ourselves to look at, to, to, to use personification to, to make those things something that we can relate to more is, is just fascinating. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, how, so how long did it take you to write? Eight months. Is that right? Yeah, I think so in total. I mean, the other thing that I think we should name is that we've had this idea for years mm-hmm. since I moved to Chicago, which was back in 2016. And, oh, wow, did we – because what you do with, like, nonfiction self-help books is that you write – what is it, like an annotated outline, and then you need to write an initial chapter, and then you send it out to people – we rewrote both the annotated outline and the initial chapter that we sent out. What would you say, Justine? Like hundreds of times? Um, well, so, yeah, I I know. You're like, how long did it take to write? I'm like, oh, eight months. But if we go back to the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, th- three years, right? Wow. It's, yeah. um, because it's you have the initial idea and then 
we sent that out to agents and publishing houses and we had some initial interest and then they they read what we wrote and they were like meh no thanks <laughs> <laughs> and so then we were like okay back to the drawing board <laughs> and you know tried again and yeah and then took- like some interest but mm-hmm. again ultimately no thanks mhm which is which is so hard it was um but in I, you know, we're therapists, so we're good with reframing things. But I really do mean this, which is I'm glad we didn't get picked up initially. Yes. Because the book is so much better for us having had a few more years of being practicing therapists and mentors and just honing these ideas that we had. Yeah. Um, and I, it's a much better book for it, even yeah. if three years ago us we're very frustrated. We're frustrated. <laughs> we were devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really funny because very little of the initial, like, first chapter made it in to what we've actually been working on for the last eight months. And we could always tell when there were bits of it that were there because one of us would say to the other, because we usually write over uh, FaceTime, one of us would say to the other, oh, this sounds so boring. part of what we learned how to do over the last three years was learn how to write in a way that was fun and funny and playful Mm -hmm. um and so we could just tell when it was something that was that we'd written like two or three years ago because we were like oh god why is this so academic and stuffy like we put a lot of academia in here not the least of which because like i I love me some research Mm -hmm. but we really really worked hard to not write that way um, and I feel like we came up with a voice that is fun and funny and playful and gentle and compassionate, um, firm and sort of like pushing our readers at times, but always a fun voice, I feel like. And I'm I'm really, really happy that it took us as long as it did because, yeah, we wouldn't have been as fun, I think, right out of the gate as we are now. No, and people would have picked up that book and been like, huh, <laughs> well... I guess like I was excited about the idea of fandom and self-help, but then I started reading it. (laughs) Right. Um, And now people are on for like five pages on archetypes and this is awful. I hate it. (laughs) Wow. Could they mention Carl Jung one more time, please? Yeah. And now, like, yeah, of course, you're going to get a little Carl Jung, you're going to get a little archetypes, you're going to get some Joseph Campbell hero's journey stuff. But it's, it's in such a way that I think some folks who are are more like, you know, Larissa's Spock mind, Mm -hmm. who are going to say, Oh, man, I want to know more about this Carl Jung dude and pick up some other Jung book. Mm -hmm. Um, Because those, you know, those people are out there, and then they're going to be more more Kirkish people like me, who may just skim over some of the, (laughs) (laughs) and that's cool too. You, you take what works and you leave the rest. Yeah. Yeah. I I can give you the, the halfway point in between because I, I do love me some, uh, some young and, you know, with the theater background and Mm -hmm. the English background, uh, (laughs) hero's journey is not something I am unfamiliar with. So, You know, being able to go, yep, leaf through that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something I, I, I definitely appreciate that because there's a lot of times where you have to start over and you're like, I, I, I do know this stuff. Let me get on to the stuff I don't know. So that's right. awesome. Well, and um, as we're talking about the hero's journey, 
what I definitely want to mention is there are some amazing illustrations in this book. Yes. Um, there is an artist, his name is Jay Salvador Ramos, and he he's most famous for his works that he calls Super Emo Friends. I think I've heard of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, I mean, he was always at all the, all the major conventions, yep. um, still does them virtually, but that's, you know, that's how we all do everything now. Um, but you know, the super emo friends are images of pop culture characters and then written underneath them is what they're sad about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have a, you have a sad Chewbacca that says, where's my medal? And a, right. and, a, and a sad gizmo that says, I, I want a bath. Um, oh, and I have, awesome. a, I have a whole right. wall of these. And um, we just, we felt so fortunate that Jay was interested in working on the project with us. And so what made me think of it with the hero's journey is um, he used Luke's hero's journey uh, from the, the three original Star Wars to do our own image of the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's so good. It's adorable, really. You know, Luke losing his hand and being sad. How could that be cute? It just, don't worry. <laughs> the right <laughs> artist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen some of his stuff and I can definitely picture that being adorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so great. And it, and I mean, this is a nice, I think, segue into talking about the fact that we wanted to use a lot of different modalities in the book too, to kind of speak to just where readers might be at. So we do, um, we do a fan fiction case study at the end of each chapter. And what that looks like is it's, it's fiction, of course, there's, there's the fanfic, right? And we wrote it in the voice of imagining some sort of like, hybrid therapist that's both Justine and myself and used the royal we voice and so it's us as therapists sitting down with different fandom characters so like in chapter one we sit down with Arya Stark Mm -hmm. and talk to her about trauma and family yeah oh wow how you doing after that dragon attack huh Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) all the people you've killed what's how's that sitting with you Mm -hmm. um and so then after that, corresponding with the fan fiction, we do in each chapter either a guided meditation mm-hmm. or we do a series of yoga postures. And Jay did the animation for the little yoga buddies and he did some of the other graphics in the book. And they're just utterly delightful. Yeah. Little Arya Stark doing warrior poses. I mean, come on. That, that's yeah. the price of admission right there. <laughs> Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, so it's not just, it's not just informational. It, it definitely gives, gives the reader something to, to access and work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And in, in each chapter, we are asking the reader to do some, some self inquiry, mm-hmm. right? And reader gets to decide whether or not they're into that, mm-hmm. but we will say right in the text, Hey, pause, hey, reader, pause for a second and ask yourself this question. Mm-hmm. And we're going to come back to it later. Um, and the end of each chapter, you know, after our case study, there's also some reflection questions. So absolutely, folks can use this as a kind of a workbook mm-hmm. um, 
and could even take it to your therapist and say, I want to, I want you to help me work through this. Um, And we, we have done one training with therapists on how to use this and we'll continue to do that so that hopefully there are enough therapists skilled enough that, you know, if, if this is how you see the world, you can find a therapist who understands that and wants to help you see the world this way too. Mm-hmm. That's so really important. I, I, I am somebody who also goes to therapy and uh, the very, I, I found a person that I wanted to go to and they didn't take my insurance. So they sent me to their friend. And when I talked to their friend on the phone, it was all about insurance. And I was like, I'm not going to like this person. And then I, I sat down with her and she was using all the same words that I had used to my husband when I told him, I think I need to go to therapy. And I was like, Oh my God, she, she's really kind of tuning in. And then I talked about, you know, yeah, I play video games. Oh, what do you play? Oh, I played world of Warcraft. Oh, I played that for years. I'm like, we're best <laughs> friends now. Um, yeah. and, but it, it is so, it is so important when you find a therapist that really clicks with you and really understands where you're coming from. And, and so, yeah, to, to share that with somebody and say, Hey, I, I really like this mm-hmm. book and it's, it's really helping me. Can we go deeper? I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you're giving voice to too. And I think we talked about this when we were on the first time around this idea of our fandom attachments. So the very real emotional connection that we create and build and grow with any and all types of fictional characters. I mean, we do this too with like famous people. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like we create these ideas of them. We don't really know them, but we feel like we do. And that's because we've created their character in our own mind. And there are ways of course that we can, use that in our own healing process um, that can be really helpful to folks. And this book really talks about that. And though, of course, we got this idea and we had done the final outline before the pandemic, in some ways, as we were writing it, it felt like there was no more appropriate time to be working on this and putting this book out because it is all about, okay, if you're alone, Mm -hmm. if you're away from other humans and other physical creatures, how can you use some of these really restorative and amazing relationships that you have in fandom to help you and to get that community? Yeah. And, and there's such like, one of the things we cover here is that nobody can be a fan of everything. Like there, there's just too much stuff out there, but every, everybody is a fan of something. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to kind of find the way that fits in, I, I just think it's a, a very cool thing. And there, there's for geeks, there's, there's nothing we love doing more than coming up with what's going to happen next. Yes. And it sounds very much like this is, that's what this is encouraging you to do with, with your life is like, well, okay, well, what, what does this mean? And what, what will this lead to? Yeah. And asking what if, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the beautiful thing about fan fiction is that every, any fan fiction author started with the idea of what if, like what if Dean Winchester and Castiel were canonically a couple mm-hmm. <laughs> ellipses. Um, and we're just inviting folks to ask what if about a whole bunch of different things. So what if you didn't apologize when you ordered dessert? And what I mean by that is, you know, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of talk around uh, around bodies and what it means to be healthy and well in our society. And there's a lot of like body shaming and food shaming that has become normalized. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, back in the day when we used to go to restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> um, Indoors with our silly <laughs> exposed. It was, this was a very normal thing, which, you know, I can think of going out to dinner with a friend of mine and, you know, the server comes over and asks if we want dessert. My friend says, oh, I've been good today. I'm, I'm going to treat myself. And what my friend meant was I worked out today. So mm-hmm. I am allowed to have dessert. And what if, little wellness fanfic, what if you decided you didn't need to explain to servers why or why not you are ordering what you're ordering. What if it was okay just to, just to do what felt right to you in this moment? Right. And often the first time we think about that, what if, and enacting it in our life, it can feel really foreign and hard to imagine ourselves taking on that new and different role. Mm-hmm. And so if you are a fan of, for example, the Bitch Planet comic series. Which I am. Which you are. <laughs> you might think to yourself, you know what? I am going to channel Penny Roll. How would Penny Roll show up and order this dessert? How And how can I use the power and my close relationship with Penny Roll, right? To help myself start to make some shifts around dessert, how I think about it, how I order it, how I enjoy it. Because because Penny would say, do do what sparks joy for you. Mm-hmm. But she would she say would, with a lot more swears. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, she would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense because there, I, I do know that there is a lot of when you're trying to figure out what's kind of holding you back in certain situations Mm -hmm. it is. Well, how does that look like? Because I've never, I've never done that before. I've never thought I've never had permission to do that before. I think that's one of the things I learned the most out of uh, therapy is that I, I I'm allowed to give myself permission to do more things than I had done before. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to see that modeled in something that you just didn't make the connection with before is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause especially if everyone that you know, acts a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, if every person you ever go to dinner with, you know, apologizes for ordering dessert, like it feels like this is the only way it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, having that fandom attachment that you can say, but you know what? Penny roll wouldn't do that. So I do know someone who doesn't do that. Right. And penny roll is, is, can be as real to you internally and emotionally mm-hmm. as your friend, your colleague, your parents. Mm-hmm. Now I know this is probably going to be one of those questions that's like asking you to decide among your favorite children. Uh, what <laughs> do you, do you have a favorite part of the book that you're just like, I am so proud of this. This made me, th- this makes me happy when I think about we, we did this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I have two that I can think of. Larissa, do you want to go first? 
Sure. Um, I also have two that I can think of. And like, honestly, I was hoping you would go first because I was like, ooh, I can get myself ready to not cry. But you know what? If I cry, that's that's real life, you know? And I'm going to lift it back up. <laughs> this, is a, this is a safe space. So that's perfectly fine. Um, cry away. <laughs> okay. So we talk about um, the idea of post-traumatic growth and meaning making. Oh God, I really might cry. Here we go. So one of the ways we do that is we do that by revisiting the story of Link. Mm-hmm. And I'm just taking a deep calming breath over here. And we do that periodically in our chapter five. And then the chapter five fanfic case study is, is Link in therapy grieving the loss of Navi. And the way that Justine and I wrote this, because I'm a longtime Zelda fan, I have like a whole, my own like personal hero's journey with Link and the different video games that have come into my life that like really, it feels like such pivotal and appropriate moments. So the way we wrote it was that I was Link and Justine was the, was the therapist voices. And so I would write out in Link's voice and then she would write back as the therapist Um, And so I love it for lots of reasons. And part of the reason I love it is that it was, it was such like beautiful and perfect harmony. She and I writing that together. That's awesome. What was your other one? I mean, my other one, which I'm not going to go into as detail with because there's no way I'm going to make it through. But the other one is in chapter 11, we talk a lot about, okay, so we've been working on, it's Gabbro. So we talk a lot about, you've been on your own personal hero's journey. How do we zoom out and save the planet? Because the planet is dying. And we talk about that using a number of different fandoms. And one of my favorite fandoms that we use is from the video game, um, Outer Wilds. And the conceit of that video game, if you're not familiar listeners, is that the avatar you play has 22 minutes to live before the universe dies. And you restart at the end of that 22 minutes back where you started in your little spaceship. And then the whole game is trying to figure out what happened and is there anything that you can do. Um, and so we we have, I'm really proud of the fanfic case study we did for that too and how we use that in that chapter. And um those who know me in real life and those who don't are learning this now that I'm very passionate about the planet and um, conservation and all of those things. So that chapter was really close to my heart and it was very, it was like emotionally very challenging to write, but we did it. And I think it turned out really well. Oh, that was so beautiful. I am yeah. glad you went first though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was appropriate because you've been, you've been going first a number of times here. So yes, that's I'm, right. I'm gotta, to gotta it. switch it up. Um, <laughs> and now I, I am going to, I am going to lighten things up because my, and it, it, this feels so appropriate actually just to our personalities that your two favorites are like post-traumatic growth and how do we save the planet? Yes. And and mine are um, maladaptive coping <laughs> and uh, <laughs> our screens, the enemy. So my, my favorite two bits um, f- first is chapter, our chapter six is all about, you know, is there a shadow side mm-hmm. to fandom attachments? Um, and also, you know, do, do we sometimes, 
do we sometimes look in places that harm us more than help us uh, when we're trying to figure out what's going to help us through a certain situation? Um, And the fandom case study we did was on Dean Winchester from Supernatural. And he is just my favorite character. I think he has actually surpassed Buffy the Vampire Slayer as my favorite character. Um, But they're still close. Uh, (laughs) And I just, I loved imagining, I loved fanficking what therapy with Dean would be like. Uh, (laughs) And how he would act and how we would act. Um, And then I was able to write um, a guided meditation for, um, sitting in the Impala and that's really, it's all about coming home to yourself because the Impala was their home. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jay drew the most beautiful Dean Winchester sitting on an Impala. And it just, it feels so perfect to me. (laughs) Um, So that, I guess that would be my number one favorite. And then my, my runner up in our chapter about like, you know, lots of people wonder, are screens actually hurting us? Like, there's a lot of rhetoric. And we talk about like, well, you know, screens are an inanimate object. They're just as good or bad as anything else in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And our fanfic case study for that chapter is a is a chat room group therapy session with a bunch of video game characters. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And the the chat dialogue that we wrote and like embodying each character was, I, I come out of theater. Um, so I, I, I feel you as a, as a theater teacher, Joe. And so it was just, it was so fun for me as someone who likes to embody characters to say, okay, well, how would this guy in Fortnite (laughs) respond (laughs) to, uh, this other guy in the uh the Minecraft. Game. Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so great. The brick game. AKA Minecraft. Um and it was just it was just so that was so fun for yeah. me. And I I that was another one where, you know, Larissa, you said it was fun to like write the link yes. one with me. I thought it was really fun to mm-hmm. write that <laughs> that oh, group so therapy chat mm-hmm. <laughs> with you well you you had just played i think night in the woods and the the avatar from that may features really heavily in the fanfic that we did and you just did such a pitch perfect job of capturing her her voice and yeah our and our our, fo- our fortnite guy was pretty great i'm pretty proud of him too <laughs> <laughs> So that actually, that that exchange kind of brings me to a different question. Did you find it hard to find fandoms that worked? Because as, as we said earlier, nobody can be a fandom of everything. Did you just kind of, between the two of you, have enough fandoms that you could dig into those? Or did you have to kind of go and research fandoms that you were not as familiar with? This is reminding me of our first round of initial feedback yep. that we got from <laughs> from our publisher. Um, and they were like, I mean, they put this in much more eloquent terms and I'm going to put it right now, which was more manga and more anime. Oh. Was what they wanted from us. And Justine and I kind of looked at each other and we were like, oh, we don't, 
do that. <laughs> do you do that now? Yeah. I still like, I would say that like, we are by no means like aficionados. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like we are, we're really like hip to like TV pop culture. And I feel like I'm pretty good in terms of video games. I, I still think we both have a lot to learn in the manga and anime department, but um we certainly did our best and, and took those notes. And um, and that was a really fun part of writing the book too, like getting to do some great fandom geeky research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we kind we split that up a little bit because they, mm-hmm. they wanted a little bit more video game stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't remember what exactly they had in mind. Cause you, I remember you saying, but we've got all this Zelda. <laughs> Right, I know. I think they, they wanted some more mainstream stuff. They wanted some more like first person shooters, whereas I'd really pulled from Zelda and indie video games. And so we tried to be more mainstream. And like, here's the thing this is feedback can be really, really helpful. If we hadn't got that feedback, there, I don't think that we would have come up with the case study that we did involving our Fortnite friend and our, our, our brick Minecraft friends. <laughs> but we did. And it ended up, I mean, and that ended up being such a great part of, of the book. So all's well that ends well. <laughs> well, there's gotta be, there's gonna be a lot worse things than having to delve into other geeky things yes. uh, as research. Like the, as far as reach research goes, that sounds like it's very, uh, fun (laughs) it was was super fun thing is like larissa and i are both working therapists right Mm -hmm. we work with clients and overwhelmingly folks find us who want to talk about this kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. so you know i mentioned i'm watching big mouth because my clients brought it up like I, I i don't know if this was true for you larissa but i i was like well i had a client mention they felt Mm -hmm. this way about uh, Miyazaki is spirited away. So why don't I watch some more Miyazaki for anime? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, that came straight out of the therapy room. It did actually. Well, and I'm, I'm thinking in my brain, cause I want to be really careful in terms of like, uh, obviously the like confidentiality, but yeah. so I'll keep it really generic. There's a family I've been working with for a while and they were very excited to learn. And I actually, I didn't realize that I hadn't told them, but I, I told them just this last week that one of one of the things that we used in the beginning when we were working together that was like really instrumental in terms of like bringing about some wonderful therapeutic fan fiction change made it in the book and was actually a centerpiece in one of the chapters. And they were like out of their minds excited. It was really cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so neat. Yeah. Do, so, do all of your all of your clients tend to lean towards the this? Like, do you use this style with most of your clients, or is this for specific people? I mean, I would say that I I used to have it be more specific, person specific, and like this was a number of years ago, and I would say over the last three years it's just what I do with everybody in terms of like finding out what are their fandoms, what are, what are stories and characters and games that they really love. Um, And it's taken me down some really interesting roads. Like I, I got into the show suits that I never would have gotten into on my own. That is always funny to me. 
I was, it's why I like to tell this story because I just I wouldn't have happened for me. But I I have this I have a human I work with and like they really they really love it and they really wanted to bring it in a session and I was like okay I can do this I'm gonna watch Suits. <laughs> um, I even like I've had like sports is just it it's just not my fandom. You know, no, it is a fandom, um, but it is not for everyone. <laughs> it is a fandom, absolutely. And I have over the years had a couple clients who really, really love it. And then it's it gets to be a joke because I'll then try to use sports metaphors. And so then I'll be like, did I do it? And they're like, well, you just mixed like volleyball and hockey. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone <laughs> do that before. <laughs> They'd be like, but I think I get what you mean. <laughs> Like, you're right. I am always striking the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's not here today and he's kind of bummed because we, we had such a good time last time, but Ray, uh, Ray is the, the sports guy. Anytime we go into to sports geekiness, it's IR buddy. <laughs> this, this you. You. You're up. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. uh, yeah. This is, this is mostly what I do with folks. Um, and Sometimes it'll be a little bit more um, like how I was talking at the beginning of our chat today about um, the childlike parts of us Mm -hmm. with some people. I'll do more of that parts stuff. Um, Like, is there a part of you that feels this way and a part of you that feels that way? Um, But I still use fandom. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether it's narrative therapy or internal family systems therapy. And I'm only throwing the names out for folks who are listening and wondering what I'm talking about. Um, and you can look it up if you're a Spock. <laughs> so true. Or if you want a great explanation of internal family systems, come on over to the Starship Therapies podcast. We explain it all the time. We do. Cause I make us, I make us define things all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I mean, working with fandom, that's, that's what I do. I actually, I have a really hard time when I can't, like if, Mm -hmm. if somebody just says, well, I just, I don't respond to that. Like, okay. Right. Do, um, crime. Do you like crime? (laughs) (laughs) Cause I, I'm also a a big true crime lover. So like I can use that language too, but I'm like, I need something. Right. I forgot that about that about you, and because I think on we're, we're friends on Facebook, and you were asking for new podcasts or new shows, mm-hmm. and I stole all the suggestions, all of them, <laughs> because we my my husband and I went through a we're still kind of there. We've moved from true crime over to international detective series. Okay. Um, yeah, no, if you if you've run out of internet, you there's definitely some good stuff out there. Go Joe, for it, Larissa. I heard have you. you watched, have you watched London Crime yet, or London Spy? London Spy. I think we started it, and I don't remember why we didn't finish it. But we may go back and and look. You need to like Ben Ben Wissaw if you are going to make it through London Spy, and I know that like Ben is not everyone's cup of tea, but if Ben is indeed your cup of hot Earl Grey, um, <laughs> London Spy is for you, friends. Because <laughs> that's the one about the guy who who kind of starts up a relationship with the other guy and then mm-hmm. finds he just disappears. Yes, and okay. then the other guy is like trying to backtrack and figure out what happened to him. 
Yeah, we started that, and I don't remember why we stopped. But it like every once in a while, we'll hit a show that we enjoy, but then either another recommendation comes in, or we go on vacation, and we come back and start something different, and we lose it. So we'll have to go back and look at that. No, we've been looking at – we did um, – Oh, no, they're all going to go away. But there's some Iceland, some from Iceland that were really good. Um, Border Town. Border Town's really good. It's actually about a a cop who is possibly on the spectrum. And so he uses, like, he, he can put together kind of clues that other people might not connect. But they do it in a way that's very... Um, realistic so it's not like this magical connect the dots it's like you could just see he just needs to kind of repicture retrace his steps that way um there's a lot of stuff out there that's if you're willing to read your your tv yeah <laughs> then there is a lot of stuff out there that's really really good mm-hmm. agreed very cool um so this is not this is only in pre-sale right now correct mm-hmm that is correct. It is uh, the book is available for pre-sale at all of your favorite booksellers, so you do not need to support Jeff Bezos if you don't want to. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it comes out officially on May the fourth, twenty twenty-one. So Star Wars Day. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. That it's a great it's a great May the fourth uh, gift for your geeky friends. Yeah. For yourself, get 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 yourself an early gift. <laughs> and on May the fourth, you'll wake up all all bright eyed and ready to be a Jedi, and there will be a book waiting for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 mental dissonance of the the uh, May the fourth be with you and the um, the Star Trek. <laughs> I, uh, I, I I love it because for years, those of us who are fans of both have been like, oh, get over yourselves. And so this is the perfect marrying of the two. Oh, uh, we're the ones that healed that damage. <laughs> we are now going to accept full glory and responsibility for that. Yeah. All the credits. We did that. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. Well, thank you guys for, for, joining me i i hope we'll have you on again maybe even closer to the launch just so we can remind people that this is coming out and uh and of course anytime you guys want to talk about just geeky stuff you're into you're always welcome oh thank you so much and next time hopefully we can figure it out so your co-host can be here too this was genuinely this has been such a sheer delight and this is coming from someone who's been like up since 8 a.m doing work things so this is this has been wonderful I'm glad to hear that because I think all three of us got online, finished having finished very long work days. Going, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to go, and then it was it was fun, like it always is. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, any shout outs? Oh yes, we do. We want to shout out our publisher, <laughs> the good people at NAB, um, North Atlantic Books for being such great publishers. And we also want to shout out to our good friend, Andrew over at amusement sparks. Um, We recently were able to guest on his podcast too. And we're reminded what a delight he and his show is. Yeah. And if you are new to amusement sparks, let me give you the quick and dirty, which is it's a podcast where you imagine what an amusement park could be like. And our episode was on over the garden wall. So we imagined what, and over the garden wall amusement park would be like, and it's 
delightful and hilarious. I think I've just found a new podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that when it is a successful, one of the marks of it being a successful episode is I walk away with a list of things that I need to go geek out about. And I Mm -hmm. have a a nice, a nice sizable list right here next to me. Well, here's, here's one more for you. Um, I want to shout out to Katie and Kimberly on the podcast, a date with Dateline. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they they are always my my go to when I've had a, a long day. I like to hear them geek out about crime, and <laughs> they've been doing a, a sister show called A Date with the Bake, all about uh, the Great British Baking Show, and that that's really helped to get me through uh, some of my apocalyptic workouts. So <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, ladies. <laughs> so I take it you are a fan. I am. The- Yes, mm-hmm. we 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 made a Friday date with my my in laws that we would go over to their house and have dinner as long as we could all watch the newest episode of Bake Off as soon as it came out. So yes. oh, that's the right fault. there with you. How did how did you feel about the some of the choices made in the final couple of episodes? Um, I I felt really bad for the one that was voted off right before the finals. Mm-hmm. Hermine. Yes. Should have mm-hmm. probably gone the other way, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I Spoilers. I'm just going to throw it out. Cause I'm not going to try and mask the names anymore. Um, so I, I was a huge David fan mm-hmm. and my, well, what was the other, the other guy's name? Peter. Peter, yes. And, <laughs> and my husband was was a big Peter fan, and it was just heart heart wrenching when you were like, "It's close, but I don't think David's going to do it. I don't think he can pull it out." <laughs> yeah, I was I was pulling for Pete. It was he's just, he's just so cute. He young. is adorable. Yes. Yeah, and like David had some good stuff going on in his life. He had a new baby on the way. He was like, he was gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Justina was like, listen, the, he really needed it. The other one was okay. <laughs> I just, for me, I guess maybe it's the teacher in me. I was like, I saw where he started, and he started good, but he mm-hmm. talked about how he he learned and how he grew and then his his final thing was all the stuff he messed up on. And I'm like, that's just that's just wonderful. Good for you. Well, and as a teacher, I can see how for you it would just be uh, like how how perfect your your final exam is all the things that you worked really hard on that didn't go well the first time. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And I'm very I'm very process over product. So you know, I mean, I'm lucky because both in English and in in theater, it's kind of like I, I really don't care what the final show looks like. Did you learn something in the process? So yeah, I was a big David fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I do want to thank my shout out this week is to all the people who were listening last week when I was shamelessly plugging my show, and <laughs> and to thank you, thank you, thank you for turning out. The kids really appreciated it. Um, you know, doing theater online is new to all of us and um, very stressful for their teacher. Who's like, how is this going to work? (laughs) But I I very much appreciate uh, a lot of you have sent little messages about the fact that you watched it, which first of all, makes me feel very wonderful. I, I, I'm taken aback that you, you would take the time out of your schedule, but, but also that you said such wonderful things. So thank you. Thank you. you. That's, uh, that's so lovely. Oh yeah. It was, it was such a night. I mean, 
you feel bad because not only am I, they, they just lost their, they all liked their theater teacher. It's not like their theater teacher was horrible and got fired. And I had my theater teacher leave halfway through my high school career. And I know how awful that is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you come in and you're like, all right, guys, I'm your new teacher. And so to be able to say here, look at all these people that came and watched you. It made me, made me feel good. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, next week, maybe maybe you guys can weigh in on this, listeners. We usually do our end of the year review, um, but one, most movies didn't come out this year, and two, I think we like to just move on at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's okay with everybody else, I think we're going to try and get Ray on here so that we can talk about all the Marvel announcements because that's such so much more interesting to me right now than what happened in 2020. So that's what we're looking for coming up. <laughs> All the music in this episode is by Ben sound and is being used under a creative commons license. You can find more music by Ben sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out our other geek to geek shows, the geek to geek podcast tea time with Katie and Chelsea Disney forever. You can't stop me loving K-pop the Nerdberg review, my HGTV addiction, JRPGs and me, Dragon Quest FM, and sometimes Rob. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bama Shocks, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there, please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. My wonderful guests, where can I find you? Um, so I'm, I'm laughing because we're in a Google doc and uh, Larissa is coming up as an anonymous squirrel. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that is particularly funny because in our relationship, I am the squirrel and she is the moose. Um, so that just got so much funnier. Um, <laughs> so we, we have a new, po- uh, we have a new website launching soon, which yes. will be starshiptherapies.com. If you go there and we're not there yet, we're, we're headed there soon. Um, until then, you can find me uh, at my website, blueboxcounseling.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MindBodyFandom, because I take a holistic approach to healing mind, body, and fandom. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Spock's All Ears. And then you can find both of us and our podcast on Twitter and Instagram at starship underscore therapies. Awesome. Is that what our awesome. Twitter handle is? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I think I got this wrong. That's definitely that's definitely our Insta handle, but I don't okay. think that's our Twitter handle. Uh, just, just hang with me for one moment. <laughs> and I'm happy to look it up and and throw it in the it, show notes when we post at the episode. Podcast Starship. At Podcast Starship. All right, we'll make sure it's there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Justine Larissa, it is wonderful to have been able to catch up with you. I am so happy that uh, this book is coming out. I cannot wait to read it. And oh, uh, I just you. wish you all the best of luck. Thank you so much for having us back. It was great to catch up with you too. 
Definitely, definitely. And for all of you out there listening, remember this week, keep it geek. Mm-hmm. <laughs>